SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three, a very happy hour of the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. Over the course of this third and final, very happy hour, come with us on a journey throughout the sports landscape. We will start for a big Tuesday night in the NBA. Then we will look at the NFL draft. The market has been moving on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And again, at the conclusion of this NFL season, draft season becomes the focus, the future of your favorite franchise in the NFL. We will also talk some college hoops on a huge Tuesday night across the country in CBB. And of course, we round out our Tuesday with one of the sharpest in the industry, pro capper Bill Krakenberger, to give you the edges for conference championship weekend as we approach the super bowl as well first we start with our west coast wake up we welcome in our west coast audience here for a big night in the nba around the association both teams in los angeles out east tonight on the road in two big road matchups the marquee matchup of the evening in the nba in brooklyn at the barclays center the nets and the lakers right now los angeles a two Point favorite on the road, the over-under 227 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We have seen this line move already. Three and a half earlier this morning. Came down to two and a half as Kevin Walsh and I were discussing this in hour number one of our show. Now just about an hour later, already down by another hook to only two points in favor of LA against Brooklyn tonight. Now. As you know, for this game, it is the scheduled return of Anthony Davis for Los Angeles. How will that affect the Lakers' game flow tonight? Kevin Walsh told you this year that when the Lakers had both LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor, 15 games, 8-7, and seven, straight up. Not fantastic, but at least above 500. Against the number, a very different story. This coming from old K-Dubs. Again, 2-12-1 against the spread in the 15 games with both LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor. Many in the NBA would make an argument you have two of the top 10 players in the entire league on the floor. You would hope they would be better than 2-12-1 against the number. The Lakers as a favorite also not very good this year. 11-21 against the number. The Nets at home, 7-15-1 against the spread so neither team from a trend perspective tonight is in a favorable spot that makes you want to go to the window and put some money down or click on your phone or mobile app to book one of these two sides so an interesting game but what we do know about the Lakers they've lost five of their last seven they've only covered in those two wins in this seven game span and they've been a favorite side in four of the seven maybe then we look to a total again at 227 and a hook going up and up and up early this morning ahead of this matchup tonight in Brooklyn. The Lakers have played two straight overs, over in seven of their last nine games. This total of 227.5 is actually the second lowest total for the Brooklyn Nets over the span of their last six games. So maybe points tonight at Barclays. I don't love this game from a betting perspective, but a huge game in the NBA nonetheless. LeBron James, one of the leading scorers in the NBA now, might have already surpassed Kevin Durant, for that top spot 
as the leading scorer in the association, averaging nearly 30 points per game and playing 40 minutes in his most recent game in his 19th NBA season. We welcome our Sports Grid Radio audience here. A welcome to the radio fold right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. This is our West Coast Wake Up. A look at the West Coast action we have on this Tuesday night in the NBA. Both teams that play their basketball in Los Angeles on the road tonight. Also, a shout-out to Spectrum Sportsnet LA for all of you viewing the morning after each and every weekday out there on the home of the LA Dodgers. So, as we go from the Lakers to the Clippers, the Clippers also out east tonight in the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. against the Washington Wizards. The Wizards, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Clippers tonight. Let's get that live over-under that stands at 220 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Movement in this number as well. A hook added on to the favorite side of the Wiz from four to four and a half now as it stands on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over-under when I saw it earlier this morning around 8.30 a.m. Eastern time was 216. It's already up to 220 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Clippers have lost four of their last six games, seven of their last 11 games as well. They've been an underdog in three straight. In nine of the last 10 games, they've also been an underdog. In 14 of their last 16 games, they've also been booked as an underdog. The reason why is because, of course, Los Angeles right now playing without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. In their last nine games as an underdog, L.A. has covered in four of those nine. Now, the Wizards have lost three straight. They've only covered once in their last 10 games, and that came as an underdog against Philadelphia. I highlight that fact because Washington has the worst ATS record as a favorite this year. Just 7-15 against the number as a favorite so far this year for the Washington Wizards, who find themselves as a four-and-a-half-point home favorite tonight against the L.A. Clippers, who again have been booked as an underdog in 14 of their last 16 games, make that 15 of their last 17 after tonight's game against the Washington Wizards. A couple of other good games that you should pay attention to here in the NBA tonight, Charlotte and Toronto. The Hornets have been hot. The Toronto Raptors might be the streakiest team in the NBA right now. The Raptors up in the Great White North, a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Hornets. Coming up next, we go to the NFL Draft. The market has moved on FanDuel in the top 10 draft order. Team needs next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. Only three more football games this year, two on conference championships. Saturday, of course, the AFC title game first between the Bengals and the Chiefs, and the NFC title game after between two divisional foes out of the NFC West, the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Then it will all be capped off in Los Angeles inside SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 56. Might the Spiz Grizz be there? Well, you'll have to just wait and find out. So only three more football games to actually be played on the gridiron. Then our attention shifts to next year. Obviously, free agency, any possible trades. Where are some of these quarterbacks we have known for a very long time going to go? But of course, then on top of all of that, 
the NFL Draft. And of course, as we look forward to the 2022 NFL Draft, there's only one market available on the FanDuel Sportsbook for you to wager on currently. But that market has been a moving. And that's because you will see the number one overall pick market in the favorite to be the first selection in the 2022 NFL Draft is edge rusher out of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson. He's now at plus 170. Aiden Hutchinson, the first time we did an NFL draft detail, heading into the final week of the regular season in the NFL, was minus 110 as an odds-on favorite. Now, plus 170, but still the favorite. As we stick on this board right here, then the second best prices, Evan Neal, an offensive tackle out of Alabama, an absolute freak of nature, plus 260, tied for the second best price, with Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon, at plus 260 as well this market has moved because it was cave on Thibodeau with the second best price by himself at plus 110 only a couple of cents behind Aiden Hutchinson to be an edge rusher selected first overall and then Evan Neal was behind them at plus 650 now Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau have the same price at plus 260 there you will see Ikeem Ekwanu out of NC State as well an offensive tackle known as Ike he has the fourth best odds at plus 500 and then unlike many years in the NFL a quarterback has the fifth best odds to be selected first overall at 25 to 1 the Heisman finalist out of Pitt Kenny Pickett. Then it drops off from there. Derek Stingley, a cornerback out of LSU, 40 to 1 to round out our top six. But let's focus on number one in the shortest odds. First, we go to Aiden Hutchinson, and then we go to Evan Neal, because that's really the comparison of what we have right now. And let's bring up the top 10 in this upcoming NFL drafts order, because obviously you need to match team need with best prospect available. And for the second straight season, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be selecting number one overall. It is the fifth time in NFL history that the number one pick will go to the same team in back-to-back -back NFL drafts. That is the distinction that Jacksonville has. So as we look through that top 10 in the draft order, you will see Jacksonville picking number one overall. At number two, the Detroit Lions. Number three, the Houston Texans. A lot of New York in the top 10. The Jets first at number four. The Giants picking number five. Then Carolina six. The Giants again at seven. The Falcons picking number eight. The Broncos in that top 10 with a ninth selection. And the Jets again, their second pick in the top 10, rounding out that top 10 at number 10. So let's focus on Jacksonville and that number one overall pick, correlating it to the number one overall pick futures market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And let's look at what Jacksonville needs. Let's start with protecting their biggest asset, the number one pick last year in quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Now, as you look at some of the stats for Jacksonville this year, you will see where they rank in scoring offense, in scoring defense. So let's start with scoring offense. The worst scoring offense in the NFL. Dead last, 32 out of 32, averaging less than 15 points per game. Defensively, slightly better, still bottom five, giving up nearly 27 points per game. The Jacksonville Jaguars were 3-14 and 14 this year, 5-12 and 12 against the record. That 5-12 and 12 ATS mark also tied for the worst against the spread record in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers, who did not cover in a single loss this year. One of the strangest phenomenon I've ever seen in the NFL. The Panthers lost 12 games. They didn't cover in a single one of them Eight of the 12, I believe, as an underdog. Just 
wild stuff. Anyway, Jacksonville picking number one overall yet again. So as we go back to the number one overall pick market available to bet on on the FanDuel Sportsbook with a ton of plus money, would it be an edge rusher that Jacksonville wants to go for? Would they want to go defense when their offense struggled even more than their defense did? Because they have Josh Allen out of Kentucky on the other side. Not the quarterback for the Bills, but the talented edge rusher out of Kentucky, Josh Allen, already there, a part of that defensive line. When you look at the Jags last year, 12th worst in the NFL in sack percentage, tied for the 10th worst rushing defense in the National Football League. Not great metrics, but... Not all that bad. So you see Aiden Hutchinson at plus 170. You see Kayvon Thibodeau tied for the second best odds at plus 260. Two of the top three odds right now to go number one overall. An edge rusher, a defensive end who can pressure the quarterback and change the way the game is played from a defensive standpoint. But again, Jacksonville is picking number one overall in back-to-back years. The fifth team in NFL history to ever hold that distinction if that's what you want to call it. And they selected number one overall last year, as we all knew, who was a minus money favorite with very heavy odds with a minus money price, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson, who just completed a very up and down rookie campaign. Tons of interceptions, but obviously a very hostile and volatile environment in Jacksonville when your head coach was Urban Meyer, and that was never going to work out. And Urban Meyer was fired after 13 games in this NFL season. So the future, at least for Trevor, should be bright. The Jags will need a new head coach. It was the interim Daryl Bevel that navigated the rough waters for the final couple of weeks for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence went number one overall. The Jags had another pick in the first round last year as well. Number 24 overall, T. Law's teammate out of Clemson, Trevor, uh, Travis Etienne, the running back out of the Clemson Tigers football program as well. So offensively, they made that move last year, did the Jacksonville Jaguars. Would they want to protect both their number one overall pick in a quarterback and help out in the ground game for Travis Etienne when he returns hopefully healthy this year as well. And look at a guy like Evan Neal, who is shooting up the draft board, at least in the pricing on the odds. Because again, entering the final week of the regular season, Evan Neal was by himself, plus 650, the third best price. It was the two edge rushers in Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson that were really battling neck and neck for who was most likely going to be taken number one overall. Now Evan Neal is up there at plus 260. And as you look at some mock drafts that are starting to pop up across the National Football League, as we get past the actual games played on the gridiron, a lot of places have Evan Neal, the offensive lineman out of Alabama, going number one overall to protect the blind side of Trevor Lawrence and help the ground game in Travis Etienne and or James Robinson and those skill position players they have in Duval County for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who again ranked dead last, 32nd, 32 out of 32 NFL organizations in scoring offense this year. But again, the Jags weren't bad this year at protecting Trevor Lawrence. In fact, top 10 in the NFL and least sacks allowed per game. Less than two sacks allowed per game for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Only 1.9 sacks given up by the Jags O-line this year. But again, you have a number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence, who you selected number one overall. You generally want to protect your biggest asset moving forward. I would not be surprised with that plus 260 price to see Evan Neal go number one overall, which brings up number two maybe to the Detroit Lions, who selected Penny Sewell, an offensive lineman out of Oregon last year, 
they would certainly go defense, in my humble opinion, at number two overall. So whether that would be Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, that remains to be seen. When might the first quarterback go off the board? Can he pick it? The fifth shortest odds at 25 to one. The Texans, eh, they kind of like Davis Mills. The Jets don't need one. The Giants don't need one as of right now. Maybe the Panthers. Maybe the Falcons look toward the future. Maybe the Broncos at number nine. Select Kenny Pickett. From college football in the draft to college basketball. We do that next here on TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There is a saying among those who know for college basketball known as Super Tuesday. It is certainly a Super Tuesday in college hoops tonight. And we preview it all and some big picture perspective here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on one of our favorites. One of the finest college basketball reporters in all the land from Sports Illustrated it is Kevin Sweeney joining us again on a Tuesday on TMA. Kevin, a busy man this time of year, busy even today. He will head from Chicago to Champaign, Illinois, and catch a top 25 matchup in the Big Ten tonight between number 10 Michigan State and number 24 Illinois. We'll preview that game in just a moment, but first we say, Kevin, thank you for joining the show once again. Ben, thanks as always for having me. As always, Kevin, it is our pleasure you are one of the finest college basketball reporters in all the land there is a new number one team in all the land in college basketball for the first ever time in program history auburn men's basketball tops the ap poll kevin auburn has been wildly impressive this year 18 and 1 straight up 15 and 4 against the number the third best ats record in all of college basketball it only felt fitting to see auburn at number one in this week's poll what did you make of it for Auburn, and what does it mean for them moving forward? I mean, it's it's huge for the program and for what Bruce Pearl has built. Obviously, he took them to a Final Four. That matters. That's you know significant. But you know, to to fully climb the mountain and be number one means everything. I think for for what Bruce has built and for what the SEC has built in basketball. And I wrote about that uh, this weekend about kind of the rise of the SEC. It's over at SI if you're if you're looking to read it. Um, but I think you know. For, for this season, I think it's a, a big confidence boost. That said, we've seen teams falter once they get that number one spot. I think they're somewhat fortunate in that they're scheduled this week. Their kind of bounce back week is relatively manageable. They get Mizzou on the road, who's the second worst team in the SEC, and then they play home, host to Oklahoma, who's you know a mid-pack Big 12 team, the SEC Big 12 challenge. So, you know, I love this Auburn team. I've been kind of banging the drum for them on, on national title futures for a while now, and you know, now, now, now maybe the, uh, the mark is catching up to just how good these, these Tigers are. Slightly catching up and a pro's pro there for Kevin Sweeney, bringing up the national title futures market because Auburn now tied for the fifth best odds to cut down the nets in early April at 13 to one on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Gonzaga is still the favorite with a short price at plus 650, followed by Duke, Baylor, Purdue, and then you will find that team in Auburn right there tied for fifth. So, Kevin, at 13-1, to 1, where Auburn stands right now, do you think there is value on them in the national championship marketplace? 
yeah, I mean, it's not quite as good as when I had him at 20 to 1, maybe two weeks ago. But it's yeah. uh, I, just, I still don't think there's good value, I think, compared to the board. right? I think they're a better team than Purdue. Uh, I think right now they're a better team than Duke and, and Baylor. I think those teams have upside. I think Duke in particular is you know, still the most talented team in the country. If Duke at best will be better than anyone at their best. But, you know, at some point you can't discount the, you know, overwhelming like the last like month and a half duke has played a lot of underwhelming basketball and auburn brings it every night and they're tough they're physical they're great on the interior and they've got guards who really make plays and katie johnson won them that game on saturday against kentucky he was really special and i think when you have the number of options that auburn has i still think they have really as good a chance as anyone to go cut down the next in april and kevin we had this graphic earlier in the show it's our market movers graphic that compares national title odds in recent memory to where things stand currently and as you can see there i take a screenshot of like the top 22 best odds to win the national championship in that first week of december auburn wasn't in the top 22 their odds were greater than 40 to 1 even two weeks ago literally two weeks ago on this tuesday Auburn was 30 to 1. So now there has been a ton of movement on War Eagle to 13 to 1 in the futures marketplace for the national championship in men's basketball. Kansas right behind Auburn at 14 to 1. Kansas, a test last night at home in Lawrence against Texas Tech. A top 15 tilt, a wonderful Big 12 basketball game. Kansas prevailing in overtime, actually two overtimes, just barely beating Texas Tech, but a great game, Kevin. What impressed you most about that Big 12 battle last night? I mean, it was hard not to be impressed by Texas Tech and their fight on the road and one of the toughest environments in college basketball. Even though their best player, Terrence Shannon, did not play well. He was one for 10 from the field. Like, like they just battled and battled and battled in their front court with O'Banner and Bryson Williams. The two transfers from mid-major schools were, were awesome in this game, and it gave Texas Tech a chance to win late in the ballgame. Now, you know, that that said, I think you have to be really pleased if you're Kansas because you, you didn't play particularly well. Remy Martin was did not look himself and didn't really play down the stretch. And you still find a way to win against a very good Texas Tech team. And, you know, Oche Agbaje continues to, to make his case for being an All-American, for potentially being a National Player of the Year candidate. He goes for 37, hits a game-tying three at the end of the uh, first overtime period that, you know, saved the game for, for Kansas. So, you know, I don't think we necessarily learned anything about either team last night that we didn't already kind of know. We, I think we knew Texas Tech could really guard, and we knew that Texas Tech's bigs have been better than expected, and those those two things came true uh, again last night, and we knew that Ochai Baji's really darn good, and uh, he was able to carry Kansas off the finish, across the finish line. A double overtime thriller where both teams score in the 90s. Not great for the host of this show who might have said under – a total of 138 last night, but we don't need to name names for that Big 12 battle between Kansas and Texas Tech. So, Kev, we brought up the AP poll. It's Kevin Sweeney, a sports reporter with Sports Illustrated covering college basketball, joining us here on the morning after. We brought up the AP poll, released yesterday afternoon. Duke checks in in the top 10, but the Blue Devils, the only ACC team still within the AP top 25. Duke the favorites to win the ACC conference at minus one. 40 we have seen teams like florida state in a battle with miami over the weekend north carolina has been up and down notre dame has given us some looks what do you make of the acc right now as we near the later portion of january yeah i mean i think the thing for me is that there's no one even close to duke on a talent standpoint right like you know when when you previewed it 
on January 1st, it was like, I don't see any way that Duke doesn't win this conference. And, you know, they've lost two games they probably shouldn't have, and they've opened the door for a team like Florida State, in particular, who already has the sweep over Miami, um, to make a move. And, you know, I'll say this. I think I think the ACC title race gets decided in the next two weeks because Duke plays four games, three of them on the road. They play home Clemson, then at Louisville, at Notre Dame, at North Carolina. They go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh in those games, which they should if they're as good as we think they are. They do that. They're going to win the ACC. I think it's just, you know, at some point, it's going to be hard for another team to post, you know, 15 conference wins like Duke is going to do. If they split those four, if they go 2-2, two and two, the door is wide open for Florida State mm. or for someone else. Wake Forest, who's been really good. Um, Miami, one of those teams to, to sneak in and try to win the ACC. Duke. The second best odds right now tied for that number to win the national championship with Baylor at 10 to 1, minus 140 in the ACC. These odds just back up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Florida State, the second best price at plus 500, and then Miami at plus 650. So, Kevin, a super Tuesday on this Tuesday evening in college basketball, and a great one late night out west in the Pac 12. Number three, Arizona. Number seven, UCLA, inside Pauley Pavilion in Westwood. Right now, the Cats, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total hovering around 150. How do you break down this great matchup in the Conference of Champions? I mean, it's critical for both teams. I think the thing that stands out for me is that UCLA has not like, like UCLA has not blown out teams in the Pac-12. And right now, half the Pac-12 is not very good. I mean, the bottom seven in the Pac-12 are not in the top 75 in the net or in Ken Palm. They're not, you know, those are teams that you should blow out if you're an elite team. And Arizona is blowing those teams out. Like if you go through Arizona's schedule, they beat Cal by 25, Stanford by 28, Utah by 18, Colorado by 21. Like they're ripping through these games. UCLA is not. So that makes me feel like, you know, confirm what I thought in December that you, uh, that Arizona is better than UCLA, the best team in the league. But also it's Pauley Pavilion. The fans are back. You know, they, they had a, a brief stretch with, no fans in the, in the stands. They are back today. I'd expect it to be pretty, pretty, pretty raucous in there, pretty energetic. And let's see if they that can carry UCLA across, UCLA across the finish line. I think Arizona is a little too overwhelming physically. They should win this game, uh, but it's always tough to go on the road. And we saw how how crazy UCLA's crowd was when they hosted Villanova on that Friday night uh, early in the season. Yeah. I think it'll be a similar crowd tonight. Maybe that can push them across the line. To echo Kevin's point from a betting perspective, Arizona perfect in Pac-12 play, 6-0 straight up, a double-digit favorite in every game, and they have covered four of those six. UCLA, a win in three straight, but only covering once in their last five games. A great one late night. Pac-12 after dark, Westwood between UCLA and Arizona. In the Big Ten, where Kevin will be today, our final minute here, Kevin, Illinois and Michigan State. Illinois right now a four-and-a-half-point favorite in the favorites to win the Big Ten. What do you make of this conference and the matchup we have tonight between Sparty and the Illini? Well, I think there's value tonight on Sparty because there's some significant questions about availability for Kofi Coburn, um, potentially as well Andre Curbelo. Uh, if those two guys don't play, I, I think you have to you have to hit Michigan State. I think that number will, will change, but if you want to try to jump it early, that, that's, worth, that's worth pursuing. I think, you know, I, I, I think... Right now, Big Ten feels wide open. I don't think Purdue guards at a high enough level. I think they're the best team, but do they guard well enough? I don't know. And so Michigan State is the only team with one loss. If they could find a way to win in Champaign tonight 
and you might want to kind of jump that and, and, and pair up title odds with uh, the game today. If you think Michigan State is going to find a way to win today, you might be able to pair it up with, with, with title odds and really double up. That is some wonderful handicapping and a wonderful value spot to Kevin Sweeney, a college basketball reporter for Sports Illustrated, just highlighted for you. Safe travels to Champaign tonight, Kevin. Thank you as always. More of the morning after up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It may be Tuesday, but conference championship weekend in the National Football League only a couple of days away. The lines are out. Props are starting to pop up for both the AFC and NFC title game. So you need to know the early insight for those conference championship matchups. And we do that here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens, soon to be joined by one of the best in the industry, pro handicapper Bill Krakenberger, to tell you where the smart money is going for this upcoming Sunday in conference championship weekend. And Bill Krakenberger joins us here now on a Tuesday morning on the morning after. Crack, thank you so much for joining us. It should be a great weekend of football, a great Sunday ahead with conference championships on the line. It's hard to say that, Ben, after last week, right? I mean, uh, should be. Last week was uh, one for the ages that will probably never happen again. I mean, how, how can you have four games decided on the last play of of, uh, of the game, four different games? I mean, what excitement Sunday. Um, it just shows you that Buffalo game really shows you how I've been preaching it all year, how hard it is to bet the NFL and beat NFL sides. And um, literally these games were all like flipping coins, uh, you know, um, it's so tough to come on to different shows and talk like that because people want winners. They want, there's other ways to attack games though. You don't have to bet the sides. Like I say, I really don't know many people that that can beat these NFL sides. So, um, and, and you see what happened at that, in that Kansas city game. I'm sure you beat this around already with some guests and uh, in general, um, something I wanted to add before we get into anything else is I know it's going to sound even a little bit crazy, but sometimes these head coaches and uh, it, it, they're almost a little bit too close to the sun. The moment gets literally can get too big for them. They need guys like us, maybe even sports betters, gamblers, telling them what to do. To be honest, they need a they they literally need a, a person that was hired just for special situations and timeouts and um, you know. Sometimes you, you need that street smart, so you need that gambler's edge to even win games if you're a coach. With 13 seconds left, everyone's replaying it in their head, you know. And uh, not only the people don't like the overtime rules now, but there is um, people were replaying it in their head. I heard some things about whether they should have kicked it, a squib kick on the ground, which would have forced them, yeah. Kansas City, to field the ball and you know take off four, five, six seconds would have left Mahomes with only one pass. I also heard something by someone in that said all of the defenders should have just literally had a penalty and tackled the receivers. 
and, and got your 15-yard penalty, it still would have, at the time would have ran off the clock. There's so many scenarios now that's easy to play on Monday morning, or in this case, Tuesday morning quarterback. Um, but listen, if you're a fan of the game, it was a hell of a hell of a weekend. People really had fun watching these games come down to the last minute. But, you know, I was sitting in a sports book, and I seen everyone's emotions screaming and yelling. It's funny. The first day is almost forgot about Saturday, the Tennessee yeah. game, where – and, and, you know, Tennessee was forgotten about literally right when the uh, they showed the Green Bay game. And even the Green Bay game is forgotten about and everything is forgotten about when they watch the final game, the Buffalo KC game. But the emotions, the way they were writing tickets on these games, I talked to some people on the other side of the counter. Do you know, at game time, they were writing nine. I'm not going to mention the sports book, one of the biggest ones in the country. They were writing a nine to one clip. Green Bay tickets. Green Bay, not for every for every one ticket um, on San Fran, they were right nine Green Bay tickets. So the sports books cleaned up, and then even the early game, the Tennessee game where I was at, everyone was rooting for Tennessee. So um, yeah. I think the sports books cleaned up, uh, even though Kansas City did uh, win. And and you know what? There was a lot of sharp money on Buffalo and a lot of square money on Buffalo it, 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 all week long. But yet they have a game. The last four hours was all Kansas City money. The game literally went down to one. Uh, I see pick a minus 17 even. Pick minus 15 even for a second. Pick minus 17 stood there for a long time. And then it closed, pick minus 30, and minus two and a half in a lot of the sharper sports books. So there was some equal two-way action there, especially towards the end of the Kansas City game. Um, that was some fun stuff to watch last week in the sports books. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever have an exciting weekend like that this weekend presents some uh some challenges to you know the look ahead lines uh which FanDuel had they had minus six and a half on uh this matchup that opened at seven and i even seen some seven and a halfs out there popped up minus 15 minus 18 um so uh it's a lot of square public money right now on kansas city and why is that because that's the last freshest things we have seen as fans in our minds. Yeah. So people live in the moment. They just think, oh, wow, Kansas City now. They're going to roll now. And they don't remember how good Cincinnati's been playing, especially the last few weeks of the regular season, the, the playoffs here. Um, so it, it, I think it might be a little more of an exciting game than people think. There's some guy I know that's very, very sharp yesterday, though, that he thinks that, Kansas City, and I really respect his NFL. I don't respect a lot of people's NFL. He thinks that Kansas City, when they played a few weeks back, kind of slowed down a little bit, even though they, they did need the game for in Cincinnati. Um, they had such a big lead that they kind of slowed down maybe a little bit in that game, and that won't happen in this game. And, and um, he actually even liked, he told me yesterday, the Chiefs team total over – 30 and a half. It was minus a quarter yesterday, minus 30 today. Boy, that just seems like, to me, the way I grew up in this industry, it seems like such a square thing to do. Betting over on team totals. and um, But this guy's a winning sports better, so uh, I, I could be wrong. You know, uh, over situations have changed over the years in the NFL. and It's much easier to bet overs in general. Um, so it should be a fun game. I think that game is the game that uh, people looking forward to. I mean, listen, they're, they're looking forward to the Rams, too. Um, you know, I'll tell you something, Ben, right before we came on air here, I thought about this. If you're going to bet, if you want to bet Kansas City, I know the public out there is all betting Kansas City. That's the number one 
bet that's being made in these sports book right now out of, out of both of these games. Why not look at it as let's bet Kansas City to win the Super Bowl right now at plus, I don't know, I, I've seen some prices anywhere from plus 125, plus 135 I've seen. Bet Kansas City to win the Super Bowl then. Bet a future to win the Super Bowl. You can get out of it next game. If you like Kansas City this game, yeah. why are you going to lay 330 or 350 on this game? Um, you know, bet them to win the Super Bowl then at plus odds. You're not going to get them at plus odds to win the Super Bowl like that, you know, when the game kicks off, when the, if they make it to the Super Bowl. So take the plus odds now instead of laying the, the, the minus odds. Now, I, I'm not doing that per se. I'm just saying that that's maybe a way to to, to go about betting. You know, I, I stay away from all these. I'm going to call them what it is, the, the suckers, sucker teaser. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the sucker future odds. I usually stay away from stuff like this, but there, you guys just put it up. Good job. So Chiefs plus 125. I'll normally stay away from a market like this, but I'll say if you're going to bet the Chiefs this weekend and if you want to bet the yeah. money line or get involved, really, uh, t- take that money line there. I mean, uh, you're not going to get plus 125. The same outcome would happen, but you're not going to get plus 125 for the Super Bowl by the time it gets there uh, after the Chiefs win this week, if that's what you think was going to happen, and that's what most people think. But again, I would stay away from most of those uh, future book odds. Not real good at – I'm not real good – I'm not really happy at uh, ever giving that. And there's so many of them as we get towards the Super Bowl here. There's, you know, not only just who will win the MVP, it's who will have the most receiving yards, who will have the most passing you – know, who will have the most um, – uh, running on uh, rushing yards. Oh, one thing I did see this morning, and I've only seen it at FanDuel. I didn't see it nowhere else. I, I it's mm-hmm. minus one ten both ways. Very interesting. It's, if you like the totals of both of these games together, uh, I, I think I seen. I think it was one ten and a half FanDuel had. But you can bet over under both games uh, combined at one ten and a half minus one ten each way. That's just a good way to go about it too. Also, live wagering. That listen. I was sitting in the sports book last week next to some people who had who had their FanDuel live wagering up. And as much as I always like to say, FanDuel is the leader. They're so sharp at, at their lines. I personally was watching the screen. I thought there was some I thought that FanDuel was very, very opinionated on the underdogs in these games. They had they hung a money line live for most of each game where the price was the best in the world on the favorite, including Kansas City, mm-hmm. at FanDuel betting live. So as much as I always think they're so much sharp, and I don't even bet live with FanDuel. I just think that they're on top of the market, and they follow the best sports book in the world. They have really good traders. But I've seen some, I'll even call it low-hanging fruit if you like the favorites on the money line. They had the best line in the world, and I was looking at my Don Best screen with 10 different live markets. Ten. And the best money line throughout most of the game was FanDuel. Now, that could mean that the traders realized that the pre-flop number was better to bet. Uh, was what They needed pre-flop money so much that by the time the game kicked off, they tried to even off their markets with the live, uh, the live wagering. And, again, that's something I recommend to people. Look at the live wagering screens during the live uh, the, during the game. And I, I'm mostly bet at commercials, too. I like to bet at commercials. Yet, I really don't mind the delay at FanDuel. I seen the kid betting next to me. It was so much instant compared to one someone else in the market that I absolutely can't stand. I'm not going to down nobody, though. But anyway. Yeah, Craig, you mentioned that live betting aspect in the final 13 seconds of that wonderful game between the Chiefs and the Bills where it seemed like 
KC wasn't going to have a chance to tie to win the football game in overtime. The FanDuel Sportsbook was giving you the Chiefs at plus 2,000. Some people jumped in and said, okay, I'll take that plus money on Kansas City. And boom, 20 to 1. Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs down the field 44 yards in a 13-second span. And Harrison Butker kicks a 49-yard game-tying field goal. Quickly here, Crack, I do want to focus on the Chiefs and the Bengals. We only have about a minute left here in this segment. But in your experience in conference championship weekend, a seven-point spread at a touchdown, is that rather on the higher side for what you have seen for conference title matchups in your years past? Yes, probably is on the higher side for sure. Usually these teams are are, are well-versed at uh, getting there. They're, they're the better teams. But don't forget, we lost two different first-round, uh, unbelievably. Green Bay and Tennessee loses right away. Uh, their 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 first playoff games there, so it's kind of shocking this year. So it's set up for this this type of game. Um, I, I do um, it is it is unusual, but this this type of game, Ben, I swear, Kansas City can easily blow them out, like my buddy said yesterday. However, it wouldn't surprise me again. I said it last week too. It wouldn't surprise me if the, as the, if the dogs win. Um, it, it can happen, even though it's seven points. That doesn't really mean nothing, especially two thousand twenty one twenty two football where anything has yeah. literally happened this season. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. It should be a fun weekend. I, I really hope people don't bet over their heads. Sometimes people just love to bet just because these two games are on TV. I, I call it the Brigada effect. In Atlantic City, when the Brigada opened in, in 20 years ago, everyone felt they had to go there, and they overgambled their bankroll just based on it being the Brigada, and they felt compelled because they were in this fancy building. Same thing here. Don't feel compelled just to bet your whole bankroll away. And it's still very difficult in conference championship weekend to beat the book when it comes to an NFL side or total. Bill Krakenberger, one of the sharpest in the industry, sharing that knowledge with us here today. If you want more insight and expertise, check out the Crack Wins app as well. Crack, as always, thank you very much for your time. Our best bet to round out this edition of the Morning After is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our Tuesday edition of the morning after right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid Network. I am Ben Stevens. A Tuesday night that is monumental in basketball, both in the NBA and, of course, college hoops as well. Not our best bet, but a lean I have under 210 for the Warriors and the Mavericks, the two highest under percentages in the NBA. I was debating what I wanted to make my best bet of this day. Would it be something in the NBA or the slew of college hoops that we have tonight? I go college basketball because that is where my bread is generally buttered. Let's see if we can do that again on a Tuesday night. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for our best bet of this Tuesday night. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. A battle in the Big Ten Conference. Champaign, Illinois, number 24. Illinois hosting number 10, Michigan State. Right now, the Illini, a four 
and a half point favorite against the Spartans. But questions about Brad Underwood's squad and the availability of center Kofi Coburn, one of the best big men in all of college basketball, who missed Friday night's loss against Maryland and their talented point guard in Andre Curbelo. Could this line move if both players are announced out for tonight's game against Michigan State? We're jumping on the dog early, and we're riding with the green and white tonight of Michigan State. Four and a half points right now, or maybe a sprinkle on the money line at plus 164. Michigan State been an underdog four times this year against four very good teams. Kansas, UConn, Baylor, and then most recently, Friday against Wisconsin. On the road in Madison, Michigan State won outright as a three-point dog. They have won outright in two of their four games as an underdog this year. I think Michigan State goes barking tonight as an underdog, and the line might move based on the availability of Illinois. Michigan State plus four and a half or plus 164 on the money line. The morning after each and every weekday, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Eastern right here on the grid. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow.